Hello and welcome back to Your Favourite Teacher with me, Miss Shaw, and today I'm going to be taking you through a language paper to walk through based on the November 2017 exam, um, where source A is an extract from the other side of the dale and source B is an extract from a diary entry, which is the Ragged School. Um, so if you want to follow along, you can get those resources on the AQA website if you just go to GCSE, English Language, and then go to Past Papers and Mark Schemes. So this walkthrough is to get you prepared for your paper, um, which will be sitting on Friday the 8th of June in the morning. So looking at these sources, the first thing to note is that it's clear um, the questions will be asking you to compare and contrast the writer's um, viewpoints on education. So it's always a topic that you're given um, and you'll obviously get different viewpoints and perspectives on those topics. So remember, you do get one 19th century text and one modern. So the perspective is going to be different. So it's kind of like my view on why students should wear school uniform. That will probably be completely different to your view. Um, as a student because we have different perspectives so it's trying to figure out what the differences are okay so firstly like I said for paper one I would make sure that you sit and read through the questions um, then the sources all the way through so that you start to pick up on different things that might be of use when answering the questions especially those similarities and differences okay then you've got question one which is based on the first part of source A. Um, this one is looking at lines 1 to 10, and it's asking you to choose four statements which are true. So that'll be the first question um, you'll get on Friday morning, um, to look at a certain part of source A, and then to choose four true statements. So for this question, you have to shade in the circle within the box, not the whole box, or you won't get the marks. Um, this question is optically marked, so it gets scanned through a machine. And if you haven't filled in the boxes, or sorry, the circle within the boxes correctly, you won't get the marks, which is a really silly way um, to lose out. So my advice would be to tick and cross the left-hand side first before you shade in your final answers, just so that there's no confusion when the machine picks up on your answers. So tick and cross the left-hand side first, before you shade in your final answers. And actually, when you look at your statements, they are in order um, where you'll find them in the source. So if you're unsure on any, go back to the last one, the last statement you know that's definitely true, um, find it in the text and then read from there. And that should help you to find the rest of them. There's normally three quite easy ones and one slightly harder one. So don't overlook this question. Um, I know that it's tempting to just kind of whiz straight through it. Just make sure you double check your answers for question one. So question two, that one is asking you to use details from both sources to give a summary of the differences in behaviour at the two schools. So for this question, you'll always be asked to give a summary of the differences. You do not need effect on the reader for this question because it's basically asking you to summarise what you've learned from each source okay so no effect on the reader which is nice for this question but you do need two quotes from each source that differ um this question is all about your inference and what you've learned it's not about language analysis so if you can imagine one of your teachers at school if they walk in and they're smiling um, and talking to you in a nice tone of voice, you can infer 
that they're in a good mood. If they walk in with a face like thunder and they don't really talk to you and they just kind of go sit down, get your books out and write down the date and title, um, you can infer that they're quite angry and in a bad mood. So that's what you've got to kind of do here. You've got to infer based on the words what you have learned. It's no good to just repeat um, and rewrite the sources. You've got to do it in your own words. So I would say if you want to follow a particular pattern, instead of PEE, um, because that's asking you about effect on the reader, go for SQI. So give a statement um, of what you've learned in source A. In source A, we learn that, um, I'm trying to find something now from the text very quickly. What is it? Differences in behaviour at the two schools. Um, <laughs> okay, so in source A, we learn that the students are quite well behaved. Um each child we passed said hello brightly in all the classrooms. So that's my statement that we know that they're polite. And then the quote is said hello brightly in all the classrooms. Then you give the inference, okay? This shows or this implies, this suggests that the pupils at this school are well-mannered and they are enthusiastic to be there and they like to be there. Then you have to give a comparison to source B. Um, so make sure you've got a comparative connective. So whereas or however, and then you do the same thing for source B. OK, and if you do that twice through, then you're all good for your question two. OK, so just remember for question two, it's not about effect on the reader. It's all about your inference. Moving on to question three, this one is how does the writer use language to describe Sister Brendan? Um, and this one's asking you to look just at source A. So it kind of switches source A, both sources, source A, and then both sources again. So it's always a language-based question, just like your paper one, question two. How does the writer use language to describe Sister Brendan? So for this, it's 12 marks. I would go for about four quotes, um, maybe five at a push if you've got the time. Um, make sure you pick apart your quotes. I know I said that last time. So picking out um, the language feature, the simile, the metaphor, whatever. If you don't know what it is, use figurative language and that will be fine um, because you're using an umbrella term, but you're avoiding getting it wrong by saying the wrong thing. And make sure you pick apart the words again. So pick a word, a keyword from your quote and make sure you talk about that. What are the connotations, the different meanings behind that word? So, for example, Sister Brendan, um, <laughs> she says um, the early bird catches the worm and, and does that make me the queen bee? So it's quite like um, almost like animalistic um, language being used to describe her. So it, for me especially because it finishes with a mischievous glint in her shining eyes. Um, I don't trust Sister Brendan. I think that she's kind of a little bit, a little bit two-faced. She's like prepared and she's, she's ready for this inspector to come and see her. So I've got connotations of someone that um, is 
perhaps very polite and lovely to your face, but she might have a hidden agenda. So things like that, that's your um, connotations and really picking apart your quote, your alternative interpretations as well. And then think about the reader. You need the effect on the reader for this question. So how would the reader react to Sister Brendan in this case? Do we like her? Do we not like her? Are we a bit confused as to why she's doing what she's doing? All of those kind of feelings, if you can attach adjectives to describe how the reader might feel or react to, in this case, Sister Brendan, that's all effect on the reader. And it just stops you from saying, oh, it makes the reader dislike Sister Brendan. You have to be able to explain why. So, as I said, it's about four to five quotes for that question, question three. Um, yeah, I'd say about four, four paragraphs. Um, you know, five at a push if you've got the time to do it. Um, I will go over timings and, and how much you should write for each question um, later on in my top tips. So, question four, let me just scroll down so I can see it on my screen. Okay, so question four is asking you to compare how the writers convey their different attitudes towards the schools. So again, this question is the same every year. So compare how the writers convey their attitude towards the topic, basically, um, in this case, towards the schools. So I would personally pick out two to three quotes from each source. I would try to look at the beginning, middle and end of each source and look at the attitude. In particular, a change of attitude between um throughout the source rather does it start and finish in a different way or is it the same attitude the whole way through um so you've got in source a um the attitude towards the school is that it's a good school that the inspector's enjoying uh being there whereas in source b the attitude at the start is quite kind of hostile and and, and uncomfortable because he doesn't want to be there because it's a horrible school and the students are fighting and stuff like that so um straight away you've got your first kind of difference between the two and I would just jot that down plan that out because I think I said it in my last podcast um, examiners can give you a couple of extra marks based on your planning if you don't finish certain questions okay so plan it out um, make sure you've got like a couple of adjectives for the different attitudes um, does the writer feel uncomfortable are they happy are they scared are they worried let let the examiner know um, your comparative connectives are needed. And it's basically like a comparison of, of the language being used. So, you know, you start off in source A or the beginning of source A, the attitude towards the school is um, quite positive. It's normally positive or negative, whatever the attitude is and the topic. So you can use that every time. The attitude at the start of source A is very positive. Give your quote, then analyse your quote. This shows that the writer's attitude um, is good because he's enjoying walking around the school. He's met lots of different children and everyone seems to be really, really nice, for example. And then you'd say, however, in source B, at the beginning of source B, the attitude is quite negative. And then you talk about the negative words being used and how they're kind of different to source A. So you kind of go back and forth between the two. Okay, so I would say paragraph on the beginning, paragraph on the middle and a paragraph on the end. But that paragraph will be quite a big paragraph because you're talking about both sources in um, all in one so that you can, can compare them. Okay, um, 
I would suggest going back and forth between the two because timing wise, if you've just written about one source and the attitude in one source and then you think, oh my God, I've only got 20 minutes left and I've got to do question five, you're not going to get the marks of question four because it's asking you to compare. So to avoid that, I would go back and forth between the two sources. Okay, so that is the end of section A. Moving on to section five, which is your creative writing task. Um, so unlike section, section, unlike language paper one, you have only one task. You don't have a choice. You get given a statement and you have to write in a certain form um, about that statement. Okay, so this one is education is not just about which school you go to or what qualifications you gain. It's about what you learn from your experiences outside of school. Write a speech for your school or leavers day to explain what you think makes a good education. Okay, so it's giving you the statement, it's giving you your task. You know that you have to write a speech in this case. You're writing a speech um, for your school leavers day. So you're writing a speech to students. So your form is a speech, your audience is students, people your age. Um, and your purpose is you're trying to explain um, you're trying to explain what what you think makes a good education okay so as always for question five please make sure you plan out just a bullet pointed response of what you could say so all of your ideas what can you say about each um, not about each sorry about whether you agree or disagree with the statement or um, what your ideas are based on the statement oh, sorry just getting a bit more comfortable um so it's about what you learn from your experiences outside of school so yeah I, I, I agree with this statement I think it is more about the friends you meet the teamwork you learn um social skills those are you know as important as leaving school with GCSEs so that would be what I would talk about um you need to make sure you're addressing your audience correctly. So it's asking to write a speech for your school leavers day. So you'd start with my fellow students or or something like that, just to kind of pull um, the examiner in, the reader in. You know how to, you know, start off a speech, for example. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Make sure you... Huh? Oh, I'm looking at my notes and I thought I'd got it wrong. So just like language paper one... You need to try and hit two pages of writing, vary your paragraph lengths and your punctuation. I know I said that in the last podcast, so I'm not going to bang on about it too much this time round. Paragraph lengths, vary your punctuation, even if it's not um, particularly accurate. Don't forget your connectives either. Make sure you structure your speech um, or structure your, your form of writing in a, in a clear way. Um, I'm going to go through... Um, all the different forms in the top tips section but that's kind of it for question five as a as an overview um again like language paper one you can probably pick up um quite a few things from the sources so use those to your advantage quickly glance back through can you use any of the vocabulary remember i said you need to show evidence of editing your work that's what the examiner wants to see they don't want to see someone that's written two pages and just shut their exam booklet because they're done they want to see that you've gone back through that you've crossed things out that you've changed your vocabulary all of those things okay so that's the end of the very quick walkthrough so 
Um, I feel really out of breath. Whew. So um, now we're going to do overall top tips. So in terms of timings, I would say about five minutes for question one, 15 minutes for question two, 20 for or 15 to 20 for question three. I'd say about 20 minutes for question four and then, you know, a minimum 30 minutes spent on question five. And that gives you 15 minutes left at the end to check and edit all of your answers. And as I said, particularly that question five and your vocabulary and form. Okay. Um, in terms of how much you should write, question two, I would say two comparative paragraphs. So either four mini SQI paragraphs or two big SQI paragraphs, which has got that comparative connective in the middle to connect it all together. Um, for question three, I'd say uh, uh, 12 marks, about four paragraphs. Question four, I would say three big comparative paragraphs about beginning, middle and then end. So if you're thinking about it in terms of paragraphs per source, you'd have three paragraphs per source, beginning, middle and end. But I would suggest doing three big comparative paragraphs to make it clear that you're comparing and contrasting. Um, what else? Uh, like I said, with language paper one, I would look at your question five first and jot down any initial thoughts and ideas to anchor them because by the time you get back to question five you're tired you're bored you've had enough of life it's your last English exam it's nearly over um you don't really want to be starting fresh so you would have already got lots of ideas down on paper to give you that extra boost so that's what I'd say um about question five in terms of the form for question five you could be asked to write an article a speech a letter or a leaflet, okay, maybe a blog as well, which is just like a diary entry, basically. So if you're asked to write an article, it will either be an article for the local newspaper or an article for a website. Um, you need a headline, you need to show you know how to structure an article, so you need to have some form of headline. Use the statement to help you with your headline and use a language feature as well. You're using um, things like direct address, statistics, anecdotes, things like that in this question. So make sure you've got a headline. If you're asked to write a, an article for a broadsheet newspaper, that's like the really kind of posh upper class newspapers. So you need to have a masthead as well. So like the Guardian, just go for the Guardian. Okay. So have the Guardian, then your heading, um, and then go for that as, um, go through that as well. I would say bullet points would be a really good structural device to to use in question five language paper two just literally like as an introduction um this is your viewpoint these like four or five bullet points and then each paragraph kind of goes into detail about those bullet points all those bullet points become the subheadings in your article and again that structural feature gives you more marks okay um if you're asked to write a speech like this one was um, make sure you just address and finish in the, in the right way. So my fellow students or, you know, ladies and gentlemen, dependent on audience. And then you finish off with, thanks for listening. I hope you've taken my views into consideration. Something like that. Um, a letter. If you're asked to write a letter, you need to have your addresses. Okay. So you need to have the address of, um, sorry, your address goes top right. 
on the right hand side your address and then on the left hand side underneath um the address on the right hand side but on the left if that makes sense so it's kind of like staggered you need to have their address please make them up please don't spend a million years thinking of some really witty um, address and a funny postcode the examiner doesn't care they just want to see that you can you know structure a letter properly okay after you've done your addresses have the date just use today's date and then dear sir or madam if it's not giving you a specific if it's write a letter to the head teacher dear um whoever your head teacher is at your school okay so just make those things really clear and obviously sign off appropriately if you know the person like your head teacher use um yours faithfully if you don't know them use yours sincerely okay um i have a feeling it might be a letter this year because we've had two articles um and a speech come up already so I think it might be a letter but you don't know so make sure you revise all of those different forms and most importantly you don't need effect on the reader for question two you are wasting time so just don't bother remember it's just about your inference okay um yeah that's me done I hope you find that useful if you have any questions worries or concerns um, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Charlene Shaw underscore. Um, send me a message. Contact me via my contact button. Um, but yeah, that's it. Hope you hope you enjoyed it. Good luck for language paper two, and I'm sure you'll be hearing from me soon. This is Miss Shaw with your favourite teacher. Bye.